Good morning, everybody. We're called to forget what is behind and to press forward to what's ahead. That's how Paul summarized it. Paul summarizes the Christian life as one of a marathon, and then we're all in it. And his technique of running this marathon is to forget what lies behind and to press forward and strain forward to what God has for us ahead. Amen? You know, it's the Happy New Year, everybody. Okay, welcome to 2021. It's been a wild ride already. At this time of year, as you know, every single year, we're always reflecting on the past year, and we're trying to turn over a new leaf. Are you, are you doing that? You know, we're trying to uh, turn the page and open a new chapter and see what kind of new possibilities the new year brings for us. It's a time of the year, even though time just keeps moving on, it's a time of the year where we're reflecting and looking back. And when we look back at 2020, wow, what a year that was. You throw in 2019, that was a rough year as well for a lot of us. I feel like I say the same thing every week, the pandemic, tough economy, uh, a lot of dreams, on, online Zoom weddings, graduations, a lot of disappointments. Uh, and then on top of it is our own personal struggles and travails. And it's, it's a difficult, challenging season nationally as a church and then individually and as families, it's difficult. Can you resonate with that? <laughs> and we're thinking forward and, uh, just like everyone else, I bought a new calendar, okay? Organizer. We're encouraged to put our dreams and goals on poster board. There's all sorts of different techniques. We're going to have willpower this year. Do you remember long, long ago they used to have these things called gyms that you could actually go to? Okay, well, January is the time of year where people go and they're going to lose that weight and do that thing. But if you're anyone like me, you find that human willpower can only go so far. And so I don't want this message, and the message that God has brought us to is what Paul says is the one thing. He says, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what's ahead. And this message is different than just a pep talk human, let's just grit it out. We're involving the Holy Spirit. We cannot live this Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit to help us run this marathon. We are not strong enough. And so as we look at, you can turn in your Bibles to Philippians 3. That'll be our text today. And we're going to focus mostly on verse 13. We'll get into the, the passage as a whole, but Paul says, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I'm going to be speaking on what forgetting means from God's perspective, not a human perspective, but what God means when he says, forget those things. And then Garen is going to come up here and he's going to talk about what it means to press on and strain forward. There will be a time of ministry, both online and here um, in person as well. We'll social distance, but some leaders in the church will be able to pray with you because we believe when Garen was in prayer, we believe that God wants you, either in your seats or up here with, with leaders or online, that God is going to identify areas of your life that he wants to take from you. Burdens that you're carrying that he wants to take from you and take for you. 
in human matters, we can't, we try to do it ourselves, but we simply cannot. And so it could be a grudge you have against some, someone. It could be that you have bitterness or unforgiveness. It could be that you're stuck in some sort of sin pattern. It could be, it could be sin. It could be you're stuck, you know, you've experienced sorrow. You've experienced heartache. You've experienced sickness directly or indirectly. And because of that, you're going through the natural mourning and difficulty, but you're also stuck spiritually. Could be you had a great year. Could be your success. Could be that you're resting on your laurels from your past successes, even in the natural realm that you're successful and you have a great car and a great house and you're moving up and your stock portfolio is doing great when everyone else is suffering. Good, good for you. But God says, forget that. It could be that 20 years ago you were a missionary in the Middle East and, or you've led these people to Christ or you've done these things in the past or I used to do this and do that. Forget that. Why are we talking about mile two when we're on mile 18 in the marathon? What's past is past. Whether you stumbled or fell out of the gate or you had some difficulty, you're still called to run. If you'd like, please stand for the reading of God's word. I'll be reading from Philippians 3 verses 12 through 16. Paul is a man, I'll just say this as, a, as an intro. Paul is addressing the church of Philippi. Paul is a man who has all the credentials, the Ivy League, a success. But he's also a man who has a lot of sin. Remember, he was present at the death of Stephen. You don't think that a man like Paul carried that with him? He has sin in his past. Listen to the one thing. Not that I've already obtained this, this being Christ-likeness, this being holiness, this being the resurrection of the dead, or I'm already perfect, but I press on. Everyone say press on. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we've attained. You may be seated and let's pray. Lord Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray today as we speak and we look at your word, that you would convict our hearts, that you would identify those things that you want us to leave behind those things at the foot of the cross that we are meant to leave for you so we can strain forward and move ahead. We commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. John Bunyan wrote, it's John Bunyan, not Paul Bunyan, right? <laughs> okay, John Bunyan wrote the classical work, Pilgrim's Progress. It's kind of like a Lord of the Rings. It's a pilgrim who's on a journey, and it's a, it's a metaphor for the Christian life. And as he starts, he's in the world, and he's consumed with the things of this world. And he has on his back this huge backpack that's strapped to him, representing all the burdens that he carries from this life, the burdens that he has to carry. It's cumbersome, it's difficult. And as he goes through this life, he's carrying this, and he cannot unstrap it himself. You ever feel that way? You feel like you're carrying some burdens? 
And in the story, he's moving, and then he comes to the foot of the cross, this hill at the foot of the cross. Only at the foot of the cross can those burdens be set free. Those, those bondages, those chains were broken, and it rolled off them. Some of you have experienced that, but then we, we put things back in our backpack. But at the cross of Christ is where we relieve our burdens. But his life is not over. He still has to trek. He still has to put on the armor of God. He still has to strain forward. That's a metaphor of what God wants to do with you today. There's a pitfall. If we look at this passage, um, we're really focusing on that one verse of the one thing, okay, forgetting what is behind and pressing forward to what's ahead. But when you look at verse 13, the whole passage is about a metaphor of a marathon, of running. And Paul, he lived in, even though this is a letter to the Philippians, he lived in Ephesus for three years. And there's a big Colosseum there. He probably witnessed the Olympic Games. He talks about boxing. He talks about um, running the race. And so this is full of a metaphor of being in the race. Do you know that you're in a race right now? Do you know that you're running a race? Now, let me tell you something. If you're a runner and you don't know or you're not aware you're in a race, (laughs) that's not good. We have to remember we are in a race. There's no pandemic timeout. There's no national (laughs) upheaval timeout. Okay? 2020 was a lot of pausing and waiting around and we're learning how to navigate this. God's coming back. We still have been, we, we still need to live out this life. We can't stay on pause. We're in a marathon. And so one danger is to fail to remember that you're in a race and we're meant to run. Again, not on our own strength, not in our own power. You can't run with big burdens on your back. It's really difficult. We need to come to the foot of the cross. And at the cross, God forgets our sins. It rolls off. And then we continue to run and persevere. The other error when we look at this passage is if we think we've arrived and we've already gotten the prize. No, you haven't. (laughs) Some of us who are quote-unquote successful, (laughs) I wouldn't count myself among them, but people who are wealthy in this world or successful in this world, playing off their past fame and their big name, they people comfort themselves of their past accomplishments in the natural realm and also the spiritual realm. Well, I used to be a street evangelist. I used to go out every Friday night for seven years. Who cares? That's back then. What are you doing now? You're in the race and you haven't finished. Keep finishing. Some of us get encumbered because we feel like, well, I've blown it. 2020, I fell into sin. I, I got into a rut. I, I went back to old ways. Have you ever watched highlights on ESPN Classic? The ones that I remember of track and field. Because, you know, let's just face it. Track is not the most exciting sport, right? I mean, honestly. Oh, I'm sorry. When you have an athlete trip out of the gate, yet they get up and they keep running. Or there's a baton that is dropped. Have you dropped the baton this year? Have you dropped one in your life? The athlete who picks up the baton that was dropped and finishes the race regardless of what the time is, that's a winner. That's someone that that matters. We applaud that. Or you see the people who are limping or they're cramped up or they have an injury. Have you ever seen these images of people crawling over the finish line? 
What we can't respect, what God doesn't want us to do, is just to give up. Oh, I dropped the baton. There's no way I can place. I'm going to walk off. No, that's not what God has for you. I got to roll. <laughs> um, are you with me? God says a lot about remembering, but this passage is about forgetting. Let me talk about the difference between human forgetting and God's forgetting. Human forgetting, okay, I'll use a light example first. Um, Bill Belichick, okay, my coach, okay, New England Patriots, the best coach ever. I'm really bitter because they're out of the playoffs this year, the stupid Patriots. Um, but last time they weren't in the playoffs, they played the Miami Dolphins. This was years ago. And that was when the Wildcat came out. I don't know if you know anything about that. But the bottom line is this, is that the Patriots got spanked big, bigly, as someone in power used to say. They got spanked bigly. Anyway, so the coach is going to address the team. And usually Belichick will look at the game film and really rip all the players, even Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady. He'd rip everybody. But that day, Belichick... He took the whole team, instead of the film, he went to the field, he took a shovel, and he, on, next to the field, he, he, he took the game film and he buried it and said, that's over, we're on to Cincinnati, or whatever he said. We're just on, they bury it. And it's like, wow, that's great. So whatever pass of 2020, that all those hurts or injuries, we just want to bury it like Belichick. You know what the problem is with that? They didn't even make the playoffs that year. And people like Rex Ryan, who's a terrible coach, he says, oh, I'm going to bury a football too. He got fired because his team stinks. The problem with human forgetting is it doesn't work. <laughs> now to get a little bit deeper, you have past injuries, you have past hurts, you have past sin. And what we like to do, even in abuse situations, for example, to use an extreme example, is we deny it. I'm fine. It's over. And then you survive. You have a lifetime of survival, and even in the world's eyes, you're successful. But let me tell you something. God wants your whole heart. He wants to heal your whole heart. And in his time, in his way, there might be past pains, past issues, past sins, that the Holy Spirit in his time, as a good physician, he wasn't quite ready to address. But this might be the time when he wants to say, son, daughter, I want to minister to you in this way. I want to minister to this area of pain. So we're not talking about human forgetting. We're talking about God's style of forgetting. And you've heard it in Isaiah 43. It says, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I remember your sin no more. Elsewhere, he says, the sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. God removes our sins when we come to the foot of the cross and we ask his blood to wash us clean is as far as the east is from the west. Does God really forget our sins? Well, he's omniscient. He knows of our sins. But it's more that he chooses not to dwell on it. He doesn't, if you have your assets and your liabilities or your debts, he cancels it. It's kind of like, okay, when I was younger, okay, my kids don't ever do this. Someone that looked a lot like me might have gotten a few speeding tickets. And you get pulled over, 
And, you know, sometimes you get a ticket and sometimes you don't. If you, I learned that if you're contrite, sometimes you'll get mercy. And if the cop says to you, forget it, forget it, and you say thank you, does the cop know that I violated the law? Of course he knows. Do I know that I violated the law? Of course I know. But forget it as a choice to let it go. When you give your sin at the foot of the cross and you confess it and deal with it, God chooses to forget. And there's some things that we need to choose to forget to move forward. So as I'm going to list five different things that God might want you to forget, these burdens that God wants you to leave at the foot of the cross. I'm going to borrow a little bit um, by J. Vernon McGee, okay? He's a big alliteration guy, so these all begin with S. If he can do it, I can do it. It works. The first thing is we want to leave at the foot of the cross is sin. Sin. The sin that Hebrews say so easily entangles us. There's sins in our lives, patterns that God really wants to deal with. He wants you to be free. I was watching, I like nature documentaries, and I watched this nature documentary where this whale, I think it was a humpback whale, was covered in, in fishing nets and fishing line. And he was, he was having a hard time breathing. And the whale was going to die. It was helpless, but it was totally wrapped up, just like sin wraps us up, right? And it went to a fishing vessel right next to it, stuck its head out. And it was a recreational fisherman. It was a teenager. And it's like, what, what am I going to do? And what was happening is it was asking for the, the boy to take the fishing line off him. And this is true. This is actual footage. And that's what happened. Animals will do this from time to time. And it's against their normal instinct. Another documentary had a baby fox. They're wild. Who had a jar over its head. And it went to a, a human because it couldn't get it off in a natural way. And the human took it off. At a metaphorical level, that's what we do when we go to God. We get out of our comfort zone and our normal pattern of behavior. Because just like that whale or just like that fox, we cannot extract the sin or the patterns of sin from our life. We need him to wash us clean and we need his spirit in our bodies to help us be the temple of the Holy Spirit. So God might be identifying areas of sin in your life that he wants you to leave at the foot of the cross, to forget. The second thing we need to forget, all right, this is, I'll, I'll blame J. Vernon McGee. He calls it sensitivities, but it's really hurts, pains, things that cause us to have bitterness and strife towards others. In this life, maybe in 2020, we have people who have hurt us. Sometimes we have ministry hurts. Uh, I remember years ago, there was a man that I was ministering to um, named Perico, and he was coming close to Christ, and he knocked on my door, and it was two in the morning. He says, this book of the, the book of John is speaking to me. Jesus is speaking to me, and I was so excited in my ministry. A few weeks later, he came to me. He says, you know what? I'm done with it. I'm leaving the Bible behind. It was a tragedy. I was broken. In ministry, this happens. You invest, and then you're like, why am I going to do that? Have you felt that way ever? Why am I investing in this person and they're just going to leave it behind? It's too painful. This will sound like a teen romance story, but it's my life. I have an identical twin brother in college. We fell in love with the same woman. And uh, he won. And I didn't. And I was really angry, really upset. 
I was really broken. I was really angry at God. And God used that event to make me seek him. And my Bible study leader said, hey, Mike, have you forgiven your twin brother? And I said, no. And he says, you need to. And I, I just asked to forgive. I said, I forgive my brother. And at, I, I, I don't want to get too touchy-feely, but like I could feel the Spirit of God. I could feel something being lifted off me in the Spirit of God entering into my life. It was, it's not a mistake when we leave those burdens that God will fill you. So if you are holding and harboring bitterness, it doesn't mean what he did was fine or whatever. Sometimes the hurts are a lot more tragic. It just means that we, we need to leave that with God to move forward. This next one's difficult, <clears throat> sorrows. I'm not saying leave sorrows behind, per se, but being stuck in your sorrows. Let me explain what I mean by that. As you look in your past, we all go through tragedy. And if you haven't, we will. Because the death angel is no respecter of persons. I don't talk about it much because it's painful and difficult, but um, the previous church where I used to minister, and I was blessed out of that church, and they knew Pastor... Pastor Chris, and, and I was blessed out. This is the right kind of leaving. Like, go and, and, and be part of this community. So it was a great parting. But I served a man named Eric for about 15 years. He kind of mentored me. And in that period of time, he was diagnosed with a disease, and he passed. And I navigated that with the family and with his kids and helped the church get set up after that by God's grace with other great men and women. Oh, let me tell you something. That was, when you walk through that with people, it's super painful. And I have some really close friends, brothers that I would do ministry with and do street evangelism with. And some of them are out of the church. With the death of Eric was the death of their involvement in the mission of God. That's called a double tragedy. I honor my friend Eric by continuing the work. And you can run a marathon with tears in your eyes. Even Michael Jordan, when his father was murdered, he still played. We see it all the time with athletes. It's okay to have a heavy heart. But when I say forget the sorrow, I don't mean forget the person. I mean forget being stuck. You can't stay stuck. You continue on. So forgetting what is behind means forgetting our sins forgetting the hurts and sensitivities, forgetting the sorrows, and then the successes. You can look in verse 5, 6, and 7 in, 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 in chapter 3, but Paul lists all of his credentials. I was the Hebrew of Hebrews. I did all these great accomplishments. Gamaliel was his teacher. He's like an Ivy Leaguer. And Paul says it so bluntly. All that stuff that I thought was valuable, I consider rubbish. Literally dung. I I just flick it away. It doesn't matter compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Leave your successes. Don't rest on your past successes. What are you doing? You haven't finished the race. You're still running. You had a great first leg. I don't know what they call it in track, but the first leg or first, you know, you're doing your times, your splits or whatever. Who cares about your good splits if you haven't finished the race yet? Oh, okay. All right. This is, the, this is where the S problem comes in, but sticky notes. What? Okay. Earl and Nicole, they did a Lord of the Games devotion, and sticky notes are labels that people put on you. 
labels that other people put on you. You're this kind of person. Maybe a parent, maybe a pastor, maybe an unkind person, or maybe things we put on ourselves. You're a loser. You're terrible. You'll never be X, Y, and Z. All these labels we put on ourselves, the enemy, the devil, he is in your space trying to label you of who he says you are. It doesn't matter. Those things, forget those things. It's who Christ says you are and what he wants to accomplish in your life. So those are the things that God wants us to put at the foot of the cross. Those are the things that we forget. And then we press forward to what's ahead. Okay, Garen. Thank you, Mike. I get here. So now that Mike's uh, unpacked for us what it means to forget what lies behind, portion to press on and strain towards the goal, and so we're just going to unpack that as we close our time, and we're going to see what that practically looks like in our lives as individuals and as a church. Last week, Pastor Chris reminded us, right, that uh, movement and forward movement on top of the importance, nobody wants to go back. Uh, nobody wants to go back to 2020. We are ready to move forward. And the same should be true of our spiritual lives. I saw a friend a few days ago, even, you know, it was this... I've um, and that's where we are already in this first week. Can we move forward? And so again, uh, our second um, comes from the last part of verse thirteen. For the prize of the sound, um, right? Let's just lay it out there right from the start. Words that Paul. The godly road is not an easy road. It takes This reminds me of just a few months ago when our church had the opportunity. I uh, took the kids, and so Noelle, there was no way that she to the top of the Griffith Park observatory on her own, so I had her in the carrier. Water. You know, I'm talking to people, and uh, all the while in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, my legs are on fire right now. Lord, please don't let me embarrass myself and not be able to finish this. 
Um, They get narrow. They get steep. They get hard. There's a, a struggle and a strain. And uh, some of those edges and cliffs, they drop off pretty far. So if I were to be looking back, um, then how would that be uh, for... All right. Sorry about that. I was trying to not have to use the headset because it makes my glasses crooked. <sighs> Gosh, first world problems. All right. Where were we? Griffith Park. If I were to be looking back on that trail, right, I could easily injure uh, Noel and I. I could easily fall off the ledge or something like that. And so we ask ourselves, you know, why does it have to be hard? Why did God have to make this... Uh, journey a strain and a struggle? Why couldn't it just be flat? Uh, why couldn't it be a nice steady incline uh, with no opposition or anything like that? And the answer uh, is found in verse 14. So let's look at that. It says, I press on toward what? The goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's why it's hard. Because there is a prize. Because there's a goal. When there's struggle, it takes work and effort. But when you finish, it feels that much greater. Does it not? It is that much more worth it. Uh, just last night, uh, we had some family time playing some games. And so uh, David Kim introduced our family at Lord of the Games to this ga- uh, card game called Here to Slay. Uh, some of you might have heard of it. Uh, so we've played it a handful of times as a family, and Nolan has yet to win. And so he's just like, already last night, he's like, can we play tomorrow? Like, I want to win. I want to win. I'm like, uh, uh, you know, like, if you finally win, like, will you stop asking us to play? And, and so we're like, dude, we should just, like, let him win, and then he'll stop asking us to play. But he had the right attitude. He's like, no, like, that doesn't count then. Like, I, I want to win, you know, like, fair and square, like, for real. Um, because he knows that if we just like, you know, let him win, if we feed him the cards that he needs, if we choose not to play the right cards, then that's just going to cheapen it. So going back to, you know, that Griffith Park hike, uh, just to fill it, finish that illustration, man, when I, after straining and struggling, I, I reached the top, you better believe that there was a huge sense of joy and accomplishment, and relief, you know, um, being able to take in that view, being able to feast on this uh, beef jerky that I smoked a few days before the hike, uh, you know, being able to engage in meaningful conversation and fellowship with uh, brothers and sisters that were on that hike at the top, it was so worth it. But so you don't get that if you take the shortcut. You don't get that if you don't struggle through it. You don't get to experience that if you choose to not participate or even try, right? I wouldn't have been able to uh, behold that beautiful view and that sweet fellowship if I had said, you know, this is getting too tough. I'm going to go back down with uh, Noel and I. 
And so church, you know, as I reflect on this past year and we look ahead to the year to come and just what might be possible, you know, I want to challenge you and ask you, can we just commit to not settling for mediocre Christianity this year? Can we commit to, to not, um, you know, just get by and survive, but instead to, to really thrive and dream big and place our hope in Christ? You know, not doing this of our own abilities like Mike was talking about, but in the power of Christ and the Holy Spirit. I think what's awesome is that, uh, you know, when we really look at this, Christ is the one who is helping us um, you know, get to the finish line. Christ, the very one that we are racing towards, the very one that we are pressing and straining on towards, is the very one who will help us finish. Hebrews 12, 1-3, you guys probably know this well. You know, um, uh, for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. And so it's awesome to see that he is our greatest cheerleader, our greatest coach. And on top of that, he is the commissioner, the one who hands the trophy at the end. And so I encourage you to keep working, keep pressing, don't settle. Right? Because who wants us to settle? Satan wants us to settle, right? Satan would want nothing more than for us to settle in our Christian faith. And you know who that hurts? Obviously, it hurts you, but it also hurts us. It hurts the church. And so Satan wants us to remember what lies behind. He wants us to stay there. He wants us to not press on and strain towards this goal. He wants us to, to just kind of saunter, right? To stroll and walk, maybe even turn back, take a long break for a while. And so what does that look like? Just a few practical examples you know it means just coming to church and and hearing a good message hopefully and then leaving you know not engaging in in fellowship and conversation not choosing to take that next step and serving and, and being part of a small group it means sleeping in on sunday morning and you know how this reasoning goes oh you know yeah i'll sleep in I'll catch the recording later this afternoon. And then later this afternoon turns into this evening. And then this evening turns into, ah, I'll just catch it tomorrow. And then tomorrow turns into never, right? Maybe another aspect is uh, uh, of, of what, uh, you know, Satan wants in terms of settling is just uh, tithing. Uh, you know, uh, just choosing not to uh, give, you know, what, what you feel and just giving an arbitrary amount, giving a, an amount that, um, you know, that your heart is not into. But on the flip side, straining, what does that look like? Maybe it looks like logging into Zoom for a small group after you've been in and out of Zoom meetings all day for work. Maybe coming early to help set up the canopies and things like that. Coming early to pray for service. That's what straining looks like. I was really encouraged uh, this week by um, Brian. You know, he, 
right now in this season isn't able to join us on, on Sunday mornings in person. And, um, and yet he is not settling. He is not, uh, you know, choosing to uh, just saunter and stroll. He is trying to strain forward and press on even in not being able to join us in person on Sunday mornings. And he emailed me and he said, um, hey, Garen, you know, what can I do to serve the church even from home? And I was really uh, just encouraged by that. And so I was like, hey, you know what? That's awesome to hear. And so I will think about this. I'll talk to the elders and we'll figure something out. <clears throat> That's what straining looks like. And what's awesome to know is that, you know, as we strain towards these these goals, it will get easier, right? If I continue to go on hikes with Noel on my back, hikes will get easier. And so then uh, what you have to strain for gets even greater, and uh, you're going to need Christ even more and the power of the Holy Spirit even more. And so taking it a step further, maybe, you know, these things like logging into Zoom and coming to small group and tithing are not a strain for you anymore, you know? So then maybe your strain is, hey, I want to lead a small group. Hey, I want to start this ministry. You know, these bigger things that are require bigger steps of faith and are going to require you to rely on Christ's power to strain and press on towards that goal. Maybe it's missions when the Lord opens up those doors for our church. Paul didn't settle, right? We see that in verse 12, going back to the beginning of the text. Not that I've already obtained this or arrived or anything like that, but I press on. And I know that uh, things are going to get difficult. Let's just be real, right? This year, uh, even... In these 10 days, I could tell you a dozen different ways that I've dropped the ball and I've sinned in my own personal life. And I think verse 16 holds the key to kind of combat this. And I love that Paul put this in here. So as we kind of begin to wrap things up, verse 16, only let us hold true to what we have attained. Let us hold true to what we have attained. So what have we obtained? The gospel, right? The hope of Christ, our salvation. That's what we have attained. In anything and everything, we have to come back to the gospel. Hold true to it. Let the gospel be our foundation that restores us and re-energizes us and motivates us to press on. When you do fall into sin, and let's be real, you will. We have, we already have. This year already looks like it's not going to be any easier than last. And so it's not a matter of if, but when. When we do sin, what matters is how we respond. And so we need to come back to what we have attained. Again, the gospel message, the assurance of our salvation. To know that you and I are forgiven. And that there is no condemnation for anyone who is in Christ. We must hold true to the gospel in our hearts and minds and let that dictate how we live and how we act. To have the gospel be what's get, what gets us back up and pressing on and straining towards the goal again. Remember, Satan wants us to, to um, you know, remember what lies behind the old self, to stay there and not move forward. But the gospel helps us get our eyes off of ourself 
and back on Christ, back on the goal and the prize, back on grace and mercy and hope that is found in him and him alone. And so church, can we do that this year? Can we forget what lies behind the sin that Satan wants us to stay bogged down by? Can we forget that knowing that Christ has forgiven us and cleansed us and called us upward toward Christ, towards his son, towards the goal? And as as we struggle through that and strain, let's hold true to the gospel and come back to that when we need it. And so as we close today, we're going to do something a little different. We want to give you space to get right with the Lord. We want to give you space today to uh, commit yourselves to the Lord, to to pressing on. And so the elders and deacons, deaconesses, um, they're going to be kind of up front and around the perimeter of uh, service for those that are here in person. And they're going to be available for prayer as we kind of have an extended ministry time, extended time of worship to close. And so as you wrestle with um, what lies behind and you want to uh, release that to the Lord so that you can move forward and press on, uh, I want to encourage you to, to come up and to confess that, to receive prayer and, and to be commissioned, so to speak, to, to press on and, and strain again towards the goal of the upward call of Christ. For those that are on Zoom, uh, we want to offer the same thing to you. So if you feel like you need uh, to receive prayer, want to receive prayer, uh, I myself will be logging on, and then Ali uh, for the women will be available. And so if you want to receive prayer, you can just uh, message Cynthia, and just tell her she'll set up a breakout room uh, for myself and the guys or any guy that needs prayer. And then for Allie and any of the women that need prayer respectively. Um, and so maybe you don't uh, feel comfortable uh, coming up, receiving prayer. You know, I just encourage you to take this extended time of worship, to just sit before the Lord. Uh, you know, it's kind of nice. We have a lot of space. Feel free if you want to just kneel before the Lord on the rugs. Uh, just worship him. Surrender yourself to him. Uh, you know, do that. Have that time between you and the Lord. But again, I would encourage you, you know, as we deal with the sin and what lies behind in our lives that we need to forget, there's no better way to do that and to uh, experience victory over that than to bring it to the light and to confess it to a brother or sister and to um, be ministered to in that. That's where we're going to experience the victory and that's where we're going to be able to then move forward to press on and strain towards the goal. So um, as the worship team comes up, Uh, Let's come before the Lord and just commit this time uh, to let the Spirit lead and work as he sees fit. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for today, God, for this word that you have given uh, Mike and I. Just as we begin this year, God, just looking back on last year, our shortcomings, our failings, and God, how you have already forgiven us of that. And you want us to forget that, to leave that behind, and to then turn and, and refocus on you and the prize and the upward call of Christ. God, you are calling us to press on and to strain towards that goal. God, may we do that by your Spirit's power, not our own. And may we um, just do that through um, just the hope of the gospel. And so, Lord... Um, Would you just be stirring in our hearts, Lord, if you want us to come forward to receive prayer, to be ministered to, 
God, just um, help us lay aside our pride and, and just come up and receive prayer, Lord, um, whether that be here in person or on Zoom. So God, we just commit this time to you. We pray your blessing upon it. In your name, amen.